You're listening to Gear Disrupted. Everybody, how's it going? Welcome, as always, to the podcast Year Disrupted. Um, this is episode 20 and also our part two interview with content creator, digital nomad, and entrepreneur Tori Landry. Now, if you didn't hear the first part, you'll definitely, definitely want to go check that out in episode 19, where we discuss her first trip abroad and why it didn't work out. Uh, and her journey back home and getting a job. So we are about to dive into why that wasn't the end of the story. This is really exciting. So stay tuned. Make sure you catch up on part one if you need to and get ready for some awesome insight from Tori. Two of the interview resumes right when Tori ended her trip returned to Ottawa, and got a job. So let's pick up from there. I was like, you know, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't do that, or I'm not meant for, you know, digital nomadism. And so I got a job, <laughs> um, which I soon hated. <laughs> um, yeah, I worked in a startup, which was fun for the first beginning. Um, I was a business development manager and I was excited and I was like, yeah, this is right. But then I quickly realized going into work into the same spot every day, talking to the same people every day, doing the same yeah. work every day was yeah. monotonous. <laughs> and as everyone knows, I was like, like, just like as the story goes, right, it was just no longer fulfilling and no longer exciting. And I was like, I don't have a choice I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started to plan what I was going to do. And I said, I'm not going to do what I did the last time. And I said, I'm going to plan for this and I'm going to have structure and I'm going to choose the right places and set myself up for success. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't build a, a business while I was working and like only transition into it once I was making money. I, I'm a risky individual. So I just mm-hmm. got the idea um, of, of starting a YouTube channel um, and with this goal of building lead magnets and a funnel and, and, and building a course and all these fun things around that, um, and just decided I was ready. <laughs> so, um, took me about a year or like, I guess six months to really pull the trigger, um, mm-hmm. and actually quit. Cause I was, I was really scared to be honest about going right. out there again and seeing myself fail again and, and whatnot. But I, it, the pain was worse being at my job than it was mm-hmm. of like the risk of going out. So. I decided mm-hmm. to let go of my job and, and then to like I finished the rest of my summer because I had a lease in Ottawa and then when that was over I I left again. <laughs> so where'd you go round two? Round two was all Latin America. Um, okay. So yeah so I did uh, I was my goal was to spend as much time in that area as possible because that's where I kind of wanted to start my hostel and then mm-hmm. that's also where I was also learning Spanish. So I had been learning Spanish for the last year before the transition. So I went to a Spanish school actually for a couple of weeks to learn Spanish and just kind of hammer that down before I started living um, there. So I wanted to have the, the communication, the language ready. So I went to a Spanish school in Guatemala. Then I went to a digital nomad conference in mm-hmm. Cancun, Mexico. So that was great. I was like, I'm surrounding myself with the right people. And which I did, I met some really cool people that ended up staying in Latin America that I actually met, you know, along my journey and especially in Medellin when, when I went there. 
Um, and then after a month in Mexico City, because I was told that was also a digital nomad spot, which I didn't actually like that much, but I gave it a go. And then I decided to go to Mex- uh, Medellin for three months. Okay. Now, so yeah. when I met you, you know, one of the first things I learned about you was that you had a YouTube channel that was about facing your fears. Um, and, you know, I, of course, like went and stalked you that night, uh, checked out some of your videos, noticed you had some some really cool ones. So when you when you mentioned that you wanted to start a YouTube channel, that you wanted to start creating content, did you know like at the time you wanted to make a channel surrounding facing your fears? Because I mean, you were right in the middle of facing a huge fear, right? Quitting your job, going back at something that you, for all intents and purposes, like did not work out the first time. Um, so was that like, did those coincide with, you know, how, why you decided to start this channel and then the main purpose to the channel? Yeah. So it did start off with like, I want to do this. Uh, well, I started with four months of fear, but yeah, I did notice that fear was playing like a big role in my life. Like I said, I didn't want to go out traveling again. I didn't want to quit my job because I had this huge fear of the unknown and fear of failure and fear of what other people thought of me. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at this really cool networking event one night while I was still in Ottawa. And it was kind of a weird networking event, but very insightful. And one of the questions was asked, it was like this round table thing. You had to kind of share your answer with the group. And it was, what would you do if you had no fear? And it just like hit me in the moment as like, I was like listing things off and you don't get much time to think about your response before you share it to the group. And I just like named like a hundred things <laughs> and it was like my dream life. And then it just kind of hit me where I was like, oh my God, I need to tackle all these fears because this is what's holding me back. Mm-hmm. from pursuing the life that I know I'm capable of living right. and so that's when the idea was born and that's when I transitioned so I had the YouTube channel I actually did like 10 videos that were completely unrelated to fear um that I posted but like got like six views or 10 views and then I was <laughs> like I need to have a theme to this channel and the theme is going to be fear and right. so that's when that was born <laughs> so before you left um before you officially pulled the trigger you had already started kind of putting yourselves yourself in these situations where you are confronted by fears. Can, can you tell us a little bit about like making the videos um, before? Cause you, you did correct. Make some fear based videos before you had even left Canada or did you start making yeah. those when you were in Latin America? No. So I started in, uh, I guess, April or May of 2019. And then I did that for a year. So by the time I left in September, September 1st, I've already done four months worth of videos. Um, so I did some cool things. My first video was me actually quitting my job. So that was me like going into work. And it took me a week to do it. I was like, I'm going to do it, guys. I'm going to do it. And like, I do like a vlog style. So like, you kind of see me picking up the camera throughout the week and whatnot. And then I'm like in the bathroom at work being like, I was going to do it, but my thoughts is not feeling well today, (laughs) you know? And then, um, yeah, I did a whole bunch of things. I mean, I did bungee jumping and I have like a crazy fear of heights. So I did that over the summer. Um, I did a a big, big speech uh, in front of a whole bunch of people. I did a free hug day downtown Ottawa. That was like, that was intense. I mean, obviously that would not be cool now. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, I guess one of the biggest ones at the end of the summer before I left was I uh, challenged myself to go from 200 to 1,000 subscribers in the month of August, so four weeks. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I physically went downtown and asked people to sign up for my YouTube channel. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. 
And I said that I, so to make the challenge even more interesting and to get more hype and to build my channel, I decided to, <laughs> I said, if I didn't hit a thousand subscribers that I would shave all my hair off my head, <laughs> oh no my <laughs> Which got a Whoa. lot of attention, and I actually did like a radio interview um, with the local station, and and people were rooting me on. But there was also a good chunk of people that were like, "Well, that's silly because now we're not going to sign up because we want to see you go bald." Look at that! Like, so, uh, wow. so yeah, the, the channel really put me inside my comfort zone, and then of course I love her travel. Yeah. So what was that? What did you learn about yourself? But I mean, what a great way to train for like another jump back into the unknown. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about yourself through making these videos? Well, I learned very quickly on, and I think the bungee jumping one was a, a huge learning lesson because I spent like a good two weeks just in like sheer agony. <laughs> like I did not want to do it. Like I was having trouble sleeping and I was causing so much anxiety for myself and I was Aww. picturing myself going off the cliff and I was like freaking out and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? And then it, the time came where I was on the cliff and I was jumping off this 200 foot crane. It's the largest bungee jump spot in North America. And oh, I felt at, yeah, I felt at ease. And I felt this sense of calmness and this thing that I had been stressing over for the last few weeks, I was finally at this moment. And then the guys that were holding the, the, zip, the, the bungee jumps together for me, like counted five, four, three, two, one. And I just jumped and it was such a freeing moment. Wow. And finished. Yeah. When it finished, I felt this sense of relief and the sense of excitement. And I realized that I had so much anxiety for that 30 second drop or not even five second drop. Um, yeah. And it was all over and the pain was temporary and it was all in my head. And I just realized, and I took that piece of wisdom um, with me moving forward when it was like, everything is temporary and you're in control. Um, and everything's greater on the other side of fear. I felt this sense of excitement. I was like, wow, I got there. So it's like, once you move towards your fear, like there's this rush of alive, a sense of being alive that just enters your body and you just feel more empowered, more invigorated and stronger because of it. And so I was like, if I just keep doing this every week, I'm going to get stronger and stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, a really cool experience. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. So have you had any other crazy, scary experiences since the bungee jump? I wouldn't say like on the level of the bungee jump because, yeah, it, yeah because it was like, it's an adrenaline rush, right? So most yeah. of my fears, what I actually noticed were less adrenaline oriented and more mindset. Um, right. Yeah, more mindset oriented. So one video that uh, everyone always thinks is hilarious is, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of Reddit's roast me page? Yeah, I saw you went on there and honestly, like props to you because my <laughs> friends and I once dared each other to do that. But we're like, honestly, we, we, we're confident, but I don't know if our self-esteems can handle what Reddit has to offer. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a scary, that's a scary subreddit. So yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, in a nutshell, I mean, for anybody who's listening who has no idea what we're talking about, um, this Reddit's just like a, I don't know, a community. It's kind of like Facebook, I guess, but it's all strangers and you have your own username and, and this roast me kind of forum, this page, you can post a photo of yourself and people basically Bad just people roast it as much as possible. They're so mean. People are so <laughs> mean. So 
Um, and to be honest, I actually was supposed to do this. This is actually so interesting. I want, I came up with this idea in the summer um, before I left for travel and was like, I'm going to do this. And then I told a couple of my friends and they were just, I thought they were going to think that it was an awesome idea. And they were all just like, do you really think that that's a good idea? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. and they're like, people are going to say some really mean things. And then I was like, my, like, I started to like check in with my self-esteem and I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe if some people did say some really mean things, I might actually like get it you know, I, I might actually take it personally. And, mm-hmm. and so I actually didn't do it. Um, and then six months later, I was like, nah, I got this. <laughs> so I posted the photo. And I made sure it was like, I didn't put any makeup on. I didn't do my hair. Like I didn't, I didn't want to like put effort in. I just wanted it to be like me, like who I was. And they were savage comments, I have to say. So for the video, I read the comments for the first time. Oh, um, God. <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta remember, right? I like went, I was, I've been practicing facing my fears and I have like one of my biggest fears is of course what other people think of me. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just, you know, as much as I'd love to say that that one's, you know, don't, don't care, you know, and just move forward. It's it's ingrained in you and it just like comes up when you're least expecting it. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, but (laughs) when I did this, I was like going in with the mentality of like, you can't hurt me and words are just words. They're not true. Mm -hmm. And I also was reminding myself that the whole point of this is to say something mean. Um, And there were some good ones. I got to admit, if you watch that video, you'll, you'll get some good ones, but I came out of it feeling fine and empowered and, and, and just laughing the whole time. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. We'll definitely check that video. I watched it. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. (laughs) All right. Yeah, there was some rough ones. <laughs> <laughs> Props to you. I, yeah. I, I, I chickened out of doing that. So yeah. I might do that. That's yeah. cool. We'll yeah. see. All right. So fast forward to now when, you know, you're a, a basically a successful digital nomad. You have things figured out now. Uh, before this whole COVID-19 happened, what did your work schedule look like? Wow. I was... I was actually working quite a bit. So I was, I mean, realistically, I, I hate, I don't I wouldn't consider myself a successful digital nomad at that point, or even like recently, just because I wasn't actually making sufficient income yet. And it takes a while, at least for me. I mean, I'm doing YouTube. I mean, YouTube is a long, uh, as a long haul. It's a long-term uh, goal. It's not something that you can get immediate uh, gratification from, especially financially. Um, but I was making videos. I was trying to get into two times a week. I was building a website. Actually, I finished my website. I was building lead magnets. I had a whole bunch of things going on. So I was really working. I wouldn't say a strict nine to five, um, but I like to work into the evenings and on weekends. So I was just kind of all over the place, but definitely getting my hours in for sure. How did you structure that? Right. Cause I think with, I think it's great that you went into this without a sufficient stream of income because I think that is also something a a lot of people are afraid to do, but it's kind of like if you don't go all in um, and really lean into it, you know, you never face like, okay, well, I want to be a creator. The only way to figure out if I really truly want this is to go in fully and, and to do it and to embrace it. Um, so I definitely applaud you for that. And I think it's great to, for all our listeners that like you can, if you do have some money saved up and enough to sustain yourself at first, um, you know, there is a way to kind of test the waters with your passion. 
But, um, you know, for me personally, I have clients and that kind of can keep me on a little bit of a routine, but how did you, like you, you're not even making necessarily like an, a solid regular income from this yet. You're being so diligent about the work you're putting in tackling all these things like videos, websites, lead magnets. How did you go about structuring that? How did you learn about like how you work best? What was that process like? That's a great question. I got a lot of experience from having my own, like having to make my own schedule when I was my own, my own boss for six years. So Mm -hmm. for me, I, I realized I have a mentality that everything is a long-term game. I mean, for me, it's like, you have to put the time in now and the investment in now in order to reap results down the road and and results that are going to be worth it. So I guess from like an entrepreneurial mindset, like that's, that's something I've adapted to. So I, I realize that I need to be disciplined now in order to, you know, have the bigger benefits and, and the monetary um, in, um, income coming in, I guess, down the road. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just like planting a seed. So I don't know, I guess the discipline just comes from, I mean, one of the things that I always carry around is an agenda. Um, and that helps, like, I'm just, I guess I'm very like internally motivated and very I love yeah. working. I'm very organized. So for me, it's like using the agenda, staying on top of it. And I don't know, I guess, yeah, I guess it just comes to discipline and setting goals down to what I know I need to accomplish every week um, in a very specific sense. I was uh, specifically impressed with, I think, a photo of your agenda that you posted on your Instagram um, because, you know, I was just in awe. Like like I said, I structure – like I, I do half and half. I do my own business development. I do content for your disrupted, but a lot of the things that actually make me money are, are regulated by clients and timeframes and deadlines. Um, but I was looking at your schedule and you're like 8am film two videos, like 10am do, you know, edit videos. Or it was just like, it was stacked up to where it seemed like all of those moments you were being as productive as possible. And like really to create content, Um, which I think is just so awesome and impressive and really does take like an extreme amount of, of diligence and focus. Yeah. And I think to some degree as well, it comes down to habits and, you know, I'm used to now like getting up and writing my book for an hour every morning. And then every Monday it's content writing and finalizing scripts. And then Tuesday it's, well, actually Monday, it's sorry, it's keyword research and then like writing and then Tuesday, it's like finalizing the scripts and then Wednesday, I always film. Um, so it's like, I don't know, it's just coming down to these habits and getting into a routine um, because it's easy to fall out of that when you're traveling. And that's why I think one of the most important things to have is the agenda uh, to stay on top of <laughs> because it's so easy to be spontaneous and be fun and, yeah. and have all those fun things. But uh, yeah, getting your work done is important. I don't know. I just keep going. I don't know. So (laughs) when you were making your way around Latin America, and this is kind of like, you know, Tori's world trip 2.0, you know, you're making content. How did you learn from maybe some of the mistakes that you made or some of the issues that you had the first time? Um, Did you find a way to surround yourself with the right community? Were you able to solve some of the main obstacles that faced you before? Yeah, absolutely. I would say like the first and most important thing was just um, like not moving so quickly. So I stayed in one place for at least a month. 
So everything was at least a month for me in my eyes. And I was like, if instead of having this like huge plan and like, you know, when I went to Africa, I was like, okay, I'm going to be here then, there then. I just had this intense plan. I overplanned it. And so this time I was like, all right, stay a month. That's what you're committed to. And if you want to stay, then you can. And if you don't, then you can move on. But I had to at least stay for a month. So that way I could get my bearings. You know, I could establish a routine. I could meet people. I could, I could have like a community and then make up a decision. So that was one of the biggest, most important things. And then also just choosing places, not because I wanted to go to them or I thought they were cool, but because they had the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, that were doing what I wanted to do. So like Mexico City and then Medellin. Um, and then for the month of, I guess, when I went to Panama to do the work away, I wanted to make sure I, was, I wasn't going to be in a hostel. So I knew what I was setting myself up for. Um, but yeah, so it's just like choosing the right communities. I think right. I, I nailed those two things. There was something and more lessons I learned from the second one uh, that, I, that I've learned that I needed to do differently. But, um, but that's, I definitely think I corrected those two from my first trip. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, unfortunately, or maybe even fortunately, the your trip was cut short. Um, COVID has really affected the world. Obviously, we don't need to speak on that more. But you know, it's I've I've learned how it's also affected the the digital nomad community. So, I understand. Um, you know, you you made the decision to go back. Um, did you kind of just pick up? where you left off when you got home? Was it hard to maintain that lifestyle, that routine? Have, has your focus shifted? Uh, can you give us an update on like what you've been up to now that you've been back? Yeah, of course. I think it's been a very interesting transition. And to be quite honest, I struggle with it to some extent because I went from I went from exploring every day to being on beaches and sun and, and, and working outside and in the heat and whatnot to literally living 24 seven in a bedroom uh, and it being cold outside. So I couldn't go outside as much. Um, so for me, like I definitely took a hit for the first, like the beginning because I was just like, okay, I'm in a room. I'm in Ottawa. Can't go outside. I was like, Whew, I got to readjust. So it did take a couple of weeks to like really get back into this mindset of like, okay, you can keep going. <laughs> but I'm like, I just lost what felt like all my freedom and for obviously the entire world as well. So that was an adjustment for sure. Um, but it was an interesting transition point for me too, because I finished my year of fear. Mm. Um, April, beginning of April or mid April, my year of fear, the, the commitment that I had made to doing this year of fear came to an end. And that's all I had committed to. And I had to readjust and think, okay, do I want to keep talking about fear and doing more things around fear? Or am I ready to move on to something that I'm more passionate about that's going to take me to the next level? Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to make that choice to stop doing fear. And so this was a really interesting transition for me because I was like, okay, well, this is what everybody on my YouTube channel has been following me for. And, but I'm no longer going to be doing fear things. I don't want to talk about necessarily fear on that kind of level, I guess. And by challenging myself to do these new things uh, surrounding around fear, because I wasn't as excited about it. So I had to make that transition mentally and with my channel and with my website recently to, uh, to change the topic. And what did you Um, change it to? (laughs) Yeah, it's been an interesting transition. Um, So I actually transitioned into time and energy management. And the reason for that is because currently I'm writing a book about our fears and 
how to like manage them and what to do about them and where they come from um, and understanding them. And one of the things I talk about a lot in the book is about how the root of our fears is dying. The root of our fears comes to not having enough time to do everything that we want to experience in our lives and truly live the life that we have to our fullest. And so I thought about that a lot and I figured, you know what, there's so many people that want to do so many things and to live their life fully and to use their time as wisely as possible and their energy as wisely as possible. We don't do that. And yeah. we're, because we have a lot of fear, we have all of these things that kind of come up and, and kind of distort our, our, our ability to do that and our mindsets. And so I figured, you know what, I want to transition into something like a sub a subcategory of fear, which is, is, is time. Um, so I would, I don't like to put it into the box of time management and productivity because I think it goes way beyond that. I've just started doing them, but yeah, it's going to be around helping people use their time more wisely and their energy more wisely because we use our energy and time and, and it just perishes and we don't even know what happens. And we, we're always wondering what, what just happened? Like, yeah. I don't know what I just did. So I want to try and support people along that journey of like, um, using their time, I guess, more wisely and, and more importantly, their energy. I think. Right. That's and I, I think that that is an element of, like you said, facing your fear. I think that's amazing getting to the root of it, right? Like we can all mm-hmm. read productivity books and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then kind of like be awesome for a week and like feel like we're killing it and then eventually our old habits settle in because we never really move past the the mindset or the fear that that holds us back every single time so i think that is so great and i love the way that it's merged with with this theme of facing your fears but now like i think a lot of people will will try to do something. They'll try to start a business. They'll try to do their own thing, and they quit so easily um, before mm-hmm. really taking that deep dive into themselves. So I think that's great. Yeah, and a lot of people spend like you know years thinking about something and wanting it, but they're not able to commit, or mm-hmm. they're not able, you know. And I think a lot of people spend a lot of time in environments that they don't really feel alive in they don't really feel passionate about it they don't feel like they're really connected and it's making that jump you know it's making that transition to start living the life you know you're capable of living Um, but there is these root things that hold us back and so I'm very excited about this I'm not exactly sure um, like it's it's a work in progress you know and I think that's something that I love I love starting from scratch (laughs) like restarting things probably make clear um, and just restarting but yeah, so I know it's going to go somewhere great. It's just going to start from That's the bottom. awesome. I love well, we that. can't wait yeah. to watch all your new content. <laughs> and I uh, love, I'm love. i sure, sure we'll great. learn yeah. from it too. Yeah. And I love your mentality about starting over. Like I recently read a book that recommended just like always be willing to be a rookie again. Like get back mm-hmm. to what you don't know. Go like square one can be your best friend um, if if you have the tools to build on that, the mental fortitude. So I love how this is a work in progress and I can't wait to see how this develops. Um, I'm, I'm so psyched. Yeah. So where can people <laughs> find you? What's your uh, YouTube channel and your Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, totally. So um, I actually changed, I guess I have this stage name. I, instead of going, so my name is Victoria Landreville, but um, I figured every single time I've told anyone my name, they go, what? 
um, it's a French Canadian name. So I actually changed my name on YouTube to Tori Landry. So nice and simple. And it takes both my names to get called Tori all the time. So it's perfect. And then I shortened my last name to Landry. So Tori Landry on YouTube, you can find me there. And you can also find me Tori Landry one at uh, Instagram. I guess there's another Tori Landry out there. So those are my two, I guess, big spots that you can, you can find my stuff and see more content yeah. coming up. And Perfect. just your, your Instagram has great daily content. I'll, I'll vouch for that. I love watching your stories. I love seeing like, you know, your new hobbies, your running, all of your, your schedules, your productivity tips. So that's great. All right. So before we wrap up, we have some, some final questions we like to ask uh, all our guests. So this okay. is kind of a speed round. <laughs> uh, so right. first question, uh, favorite digital nomad tool or gadget? Okay, this one isn't going to be necessarily digital nomad, but maybe it's a bit underrated, but I would 100% say an agenda. That's actually one thing that I changed from the Africa trip to okay. the Latin American trip was um, I met so many people who never had an agenda, including me at mm. the time. And that just, it takes, I, I don't know, I was able to focus so much more. I mean, I had an agenda while I was at home running my business. I don't know why I thought that having not having an agenda while I was out mm-hmm. traveling and trying to run a business would be effective as well. So I would definitely say like, like having a, a book, like, do you have like a book that you buy or do you kind of make your own lists or what is, what's, what's the ideal agenda in your opinion? Oh, interesting. So I dislike online computer uh, calendars. I can't handle mm-hmm. it on my computer um, because I'm often out and about too. Right. So I need to be able to have a tangible one. So for me, I actually make my own and it's organized by half an hour. So I have from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every half an hour. And I do write down pretty much everything. Um, it just helps me stay accountable to my time yeah. um, and what I want to do. And, and don't get me wrong. It's not like every half hour is like work. <laughs> There's also like chill. <laughs> chill the heck out. Yeah. yeah, I saw you left a couple hours in there for like dinner and chill, which is, which is great. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I can definitely find myself being a workaholic sometimes and I need to actually physically see that I've worked, you know, 10 hours today or I've worked eight hours and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you, you've earned it. Go chill. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, for me, an agenda is so, so important. And then it just allows you to visualize when you're, you know, changing countries perhaps or changing cities and, and just to put the, the transportation in as well. Yeah. Be aware of that because these things take time especially when you're in I mean especially Latin American countries everything moves a little bit slower um so you just have to be aware of like how long things are going to take and whatnot awesome so of all the places you've visited you've touched several continents here um what is an underrated place that you've been to not necessarily for digital nomad life but just even to explore okay my one of my favorite places this is going to be in Africa uh, this was in Namibia. So Namibia is a country that is above South Africa on the West Coast. And I mm-hmm. fell in love with Namibia from, I guess, sandboarding down sand dunes. I mean, there is desert pretty much everywhere. We drove for days and all we were in was desert. I thought that was so unique, such a different landscape that I'd never seen before. And then you'd show up to these campsites where there's this giant water hole, basically like a ginormous pond, but in the desert. And this is where animals and elephants come oh, to, wow. to get water. And so it's 
so beautiful because there's campsites just built around these and then there's like a path for the animals to come in. It's done very well. Um, but yeah, you just sit all night having a beer or a cider and just watch these elephants and then these like gazelles and the birds and just every type of animal come and feed from these <laughs> from these water holes. It's just amazing. You see the sun setting in the back. Like there's lots of these different campsites like this there. So that was really cool, the sand dunes. And then there's also just some really cool like German colonized towns that are there. So you mm -hmm. like kind of are coming out of like kind of rogue Africa and then you like show up in this German town and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like so different. So I think Namibia on its own was just like- Awesome. That sounds that awesome, sounds yeah. We, we'll we definitely have it. to add that to the list. <laughs> well, and so many people go to South Africa, right? And then they're just like, they do South Africa, but then there's just like, few kilometers away is Namibia um and so if anybody goes to South Africa I definitely recommend making a detour up and getting like a van or a awesome. truck and just like going up there as well super nice cool. all right next question what are the key traits for a digital nomad oh man there's a lot <laughs> what's like what's one key trait I guess that's needed to to sure. be a digital nomad Totally. Um, so I think one word that really comes to mind is independence. Um, mm -hmm. Now, one thing I've noticed about traveling and, and digital nomad community is that there are people everywhere. And, you know, there's, there's always a social group that you can join and whatnot. But I do think one of the most important things, regardless of the fact that there is lots of social groups, that you're really going to enjoy the lifestyle if you're an independent individual. Yeah. You can because there's going to be lots of times where you're going to eat alone. You're going to go do your groceries alone. You're going to work alone. You're going to be doing so many things alone. And I think one of the beautiful things too is being able to travel and going um, into these, I don't know, let's say like festivals by yourself. <laughs> and you have to be willing to like, I think to really have the most experience, sorry, the most amazing experience possible as a digital nomad is to be able to do these things independently. Yeah. Um, and and really enjoy your time alone and not point. necessarily like alone but just like on your own I guess mm -hmm. enjoy your, yeah. yeah yeah that's, that's a good if you one. have that quality you'll be you'll be good yeah it, and it also probably helps you like still prioritize and keep things you know if you're not reliant on other people for a good time like they can certainly enhance your time it also you're you're not afraid to spend like a Friday night alone if it when it comes to like really hustling hard and, and getting work done. So I, I love that you said independence. Um, yeah, totally. Cause if, sorry, just to ahead. add to that, I was going to say, if you're like living at home, right, it's so easy to like work all week and then be like, all right, friends, like, what are you guys up to? And then just like go hang out with your friends. But sometimes when you're right. traveling, I mean, we all know that, I mean, friends do come easily, but you know, sometimes it's hard to find them and you do got to put yourself out there. And right. you do have to get out of your comfort zone to go to that salsa dancing class that you're like exhausted and don't want yeah. to go to, but <laughs> right. you want to make friends and you want to like do these things. So it's like, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. So just the ability yeah. to stay independent and, and, and to do those things on your own, I think is really important. Absolutely. And finally, last question. Um, what are your plans kind of when this, if this, but also when, the COVID thing dies down when the world slowly starts to open back up. Are you just so excited to take off again or do you think mm -hmm. you'll stay put? What are, what are your plans? I mean, I know we're not certain on what the future holds, but do you have any idea? 
Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. Um, as soon as things open up. So I have my lease here until like September 1st. And okay. I'm planning if the borders open up is to fly down to Mexico. So I'd love to go to Playa del Carmen. Um, there's an amazing digital nomad community. Yeah, yeah I've like heard great place. things yeah. about that. Yeah, it's, it's warm. It's by the beach. It's in the same time zone. So if I have clients or if I you know, whatever I need to do is in the time zone. And the other cool thing too, is that friends and family are willing to come down. To yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's They're not willing one. to go to Thailand. <laughs> They're not, right. They're not willing to go to Africa. But if I stayed in Mexico, like my dad would actually be able to come and see me. So I'm like, oh, I amazing. like mm-hmm. so I really want to go to Mexico and I want to spend like, my goal would be like six to eight months or something at least amazing. to not move around and to just stay focused. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Well, um, thank you. I mean, I'm so inspired by this. I can't wait to dive into more of your content. I think that I I learned some new things today, certainly about fear and, um, and facing it, not giving a shit what anyone else thinks. I don't know if I'm ready to go on Reddit roast me yet. <laughs> Maybe I am. I don't know who cares at this point. Um, but you are truly inspiring, Tori. So thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom yeah, with us. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I uh, really appreciate it. Totally, totally. This was a lot of fun, and it's always great to share my story. And if anybody else is out there thinking that they want to do this, I mean, when, when COVID comes to an end, like, it's going to be a great time. So just keep, I don't know, just keep going and trust yourself that it's going to work out. Thank you so much, Tori. Um, it's been awesome. We had such a great time. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. That is the end of our episode. We hope that you got just as much amazing insight from Tori's story. That kind of rhymes as we did. Anyway, if you'd like to immediately go and watch some of her crazy YouTube videos, whether that be getting naked or getting roasted or following her journey and her insights on Instagram, we will be putting links to all of that in the show notes. If you want to check out her YouTube channel right now, just type in Tori Landry and you will find her. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. We have some great interviews lined up in the coming weeks. All right. Stay safe out there, guys. Bye.